Hi, friends. Welcome to episode 171 of Motherhood in Hollywood. My guest today is director, actress, and writer Katie Locke O'Brien. She has had an incredible journey over the last two years, and I cannot wait for her to share that with you. But first, let's talk about Democracy Clothing. As you know, Democracy Clothing sponsors Motherhood in Hollywood, and I've been talking about them because I love them. In addition to them being the sponsor of my podcast, I also wear these jeans and wear their clothes every week. I was just a guest on a podcast called One Amazing Mom and the host is Nicole Yance and she was asking me about democracy and I told her I said these are jeans I actually wear because they're comfortable. They fit my body. They fit my booty. They have that no gap waistband that I love. So when I squat down or bend over to pick up toys or whatever, I don't have that plumber's crack Um, or to pick up Cheetos. I mean, let's be real. Um... (laughs) (laughs) They are super comfortable. They come in lots of different styles. You can get a more fitted jegging type or they have a boot cut um, that's also super comfortable as well. And they have some really stylish, effortless clothes like blouses and tops like it's not just jeans um so make sure you head on over to democracyclothing.com check out what they have going on over there it's really just clothes for every woman every body type and um we all need a little bit more of that in the world right that's right all right we've got a lot to talk about today so let's get ready here we go come on mama Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hey, friends. So you may have noticed I took um, a little bit of a break over the last week or so. It was somewhat unintentional. I had actually planned to put out an episode last week, but... Things got a little crazy. I was out of town speaking at a conference um, for women in business. And then I went on a little like um, pre-anniversary getaway to Las Vegas and just had a couple of like drunken debauchery days in uh, Vegas with my husband. Like you do. And um, then when I came back, I just had like an overwhelming amount of stuff to do. And I've been playing, I feel like I've been playing a lot of catch up. And I'm finally somewhat caught up. Um, so now I'm, I'm getting this episode out and I'm so glad too, because I really enjoyed this conversation with my guest today. Her name is Katie Locke O'Brien and she is an actress. She came out to LA to be an actress and, um, sort of found her way, um, after becoming a mom in the creative space and creating video content. And she made a short film and she wanted to show what motherhood looked like to her. And it sort of sparked, Um, something in her she didn't realize she had, which was sort of a passion for directing. And I'll let her tell the rest of the story, but it's really wonderful and it's really inspiring. And quite frankly, it's what motherhood in Hollywood is about. I've been saying for years on this podcast that the reason why I started this was because I was sort of tired of waiting for Hollywood to come to me. I wanted to start creating something on my own, something that a place where I could be creative, where I could talk to other moms and other women and support them and support what they're doing. And quite honestly, just make mom friends because I didn't have a lot of mom friends when Channing was born. And, um, this has been such a great space and place for me to do that. And I'm ever so grateful. Oh, that sounded really cheesy. I'm ever so grateful. (laughs) What is wrong with me? It's early. Um, I'm ever so grateful for you all. (laughs) 
And I would be ever so grateful if you would make sure that you have subscribed to this podcast and make sure you leave a review too. I'd love to hear from you all. Uh, Let me know how you're doing. You know, it's a lot of work. I was talking to, again, Nicole on her podcast, One Amazing Mom Podcast. It's It takes a lot of work to put together a podcast every week. And I've sort of given myself a little bit more leniency to take breaks every now and then. But it's it's a lot of um, emailing and editing and just a very time-consuming process. So if you appreciate what I'm doing and the guests that I'm bringing to you and the stories that we're sharing, please take a minute, subscribe to my show, and leave me a review. I would love to hear from you guys. And while you're at it, make sure you're following me over on Instagram and Facebook at Motherhood in Hollywood and also on Twitter at Heather Brooker because, boy... There are some gems. I dropped some comedy gems and you do not want to miss out on that. Um, So, okay. So anniversary weekend was great. We went and saw a show called Absinthe in Vegas. Amazing. Totally mind-blowing. Incredible acts. It made me realize, God, I got to work out. I've got to work out. Um, So that's, and that's sort of in progress. So, uh, oh, and speaking of like working out and getting healthier and all that stuff, If you've been following along on my Instagram at all, and I'm going to post more of this on motherhoodandhollywood.com, but I have been trying this new food delivery service called Kettlebell Kitchens. And Kettlebell is fresh food that's made in your city and it's delivered to your door fresh. And all you do is throw it in the fridge and then basically heat and eat. Um, Takes three minutes in the microwave and I've got a high protein, low carb or no carb meal. And it's been great. I've lost about six pounds so far since I started. Had a little bit of a setback in Vegas because it's Vegas. But I have been, I, I find that I, if I don't have time to make healthy choices, I won't. I will just blow through a drive-thru. I will eat whatever garbage I have in the house, just a wad of cheese and just shove it down my face. Um, And this has been, I'm just being honest, and this has been very helpful for me to stay focused, stay on track, and I've been loving it so far. So if you want to check out Kettlebell Kitchens, I do have a code. It's $25 off of your first two orders, so you can use this code twice. It's KBKHeatherB if you want to check them out, Kettlebell Kitchens. Uh, Or you can message me if you have any questions about it. Send me a message. I'll happy to answer your questions. All right, so let's get to my interview this week. It's a good one. Katie Locke O'Brien has, like I said, a wonderful story, very inspiring mama in this industry. And I think you guys are going to really love her and you're going to want to follow her and cheer her on um, just like I am. So here is my interview with Katie Locke O'Brien. My guest today is just like the most wonderful representation of what motherhood in Hollywood is all about. This is Katie Locke O'Brien. She's an actress, director, mom, um, writer, all kinds of things. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Um, I want to talk about, let's get right to it. Your short film. Let's talk about have it all. I've been watching it. I watched it a couple of times now. Thank you. And, um, I want to talk about, first of all, what is this short film about and why did you decide to do it? (laughs) Um, Well, I had this very insane uh, last year of my life where my husband is also in the industry. He's a TV writer and he got his first show greenlit on my due date. So we went overnight from being like, oh, we're writing from home and just co-parenting to like he is gone 28 hours a day, stressed to the max. And I'm like home with this newborn like what, what? what happened? Hello. Oh, <laughs> so, no. um, so I made it about 
four or five months into that, like through the really, you know, uh, Navy SEAL training yeah. newborn yeah. phase. And then was just thinking to myself, like, I don't know how anybody does anything creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I barely have the bandwidth to take a shower. And yeah. somehow I'm supposed to make a film. And luckily, a producer friend of mine sent me uh, a posting for this HBO kind of women in comedy festival short film competition. Mm-hmm. He was like, you should do this. I was like, you are insane. I can't do anything. <laughs> uh, and then I decided to kind of use it as a way to rip off the Band-Aid. And I just figured if I'm home alone with a baby and trying to make films with a baby, maybe I'd just make a film with this baby. And uh, had this very particular morning where I was supposed to meet with some guys I was had been working on a project with. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I said to them, you know, they were like, we should meet in person this week. That'll be really helpful. I was like, totally. Just give me enough notice. I'll get a sitter. No prob. And then they said, great. How's... 8.30 in the morning on Martin Luther King Day at Soho House. And I was like, not good, frankly. Terrible. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. And so I like checked around. I'm like, hey, guys, uh, unsurprisingly, no one wants to come babysit at 7 a.m. on a Monday holiday. So like, I'll just Skype into this meeting because clearly you can't bring a baby to Soho House. Right, right. And they were like, great news. You can for breakfast. Uh, and so wow. I was like, I, oh, you were trying so hard to be supportive and very and accommodating, modern sure, yeah. and it's, that's actually worse. <laughs> and so then I felt Can like, just reschedule? yeah, like yeah. the next two hours essentially were just what to me felt like the most intense action movie of all mm-hmm. time. Just trying to get out the door, yeah, um, and do all the things. And did you that feel like, a movie? <laughs> yeah, and that's like became the, the impetus for the whole movie. Yeah, it's so cute. So, do you do you, do you feel like as a woman, you could not say, "Hey, this doesn't work for me, guys. Can we reschedule?" Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I you before that, like, I really got into thinking about away. this, yes, yeah. absolutely. And I, th- you know, I kind of put that into the guy's dialogue at the end of the film, even a little bit. But I think there's such a pressure. That, that gets ingrained in us, but then we put on ourselves without sort of thinking about it mm-hmm. to prove that <clears throat> you're still fine. You're still the same person you we were before. It. Side mm-hmm. note, you are not. Right. Um, and and to just be like, yeah, I'm unfazed. I'm so cool. Got this baby. No big deal. <laughs> I'm like, that is the furthest thing from the truth. Totally. But of course, you're thinking the whole time, well, they'll just replace me on this project if yeah. I can't still do it I, 100%. I wonder if that's so... Like that feels like a very universal theme, but I think because we're in the entertainment industry and we want it, we want it so bad. We mm-hmm. want to reach our goals so bad and it's so competitive that it sort of feels like any opportunity is a missed opportunity. Like you have to bend over backwards. You have to be there and bright eyed and bushy tailed and ready to go. Yes. And if you're not, then they just move on to the next thing and the next you know hot actor or whatever I almost said hot young thing but I'm like I haven't been in the hot <laughs> like young both thing. of us are. I haven't been in the hot <laughs> young thing category in a while um but like it feels like they're gonna move on to the next you know thing and absolutely it it certainly does add an extra layer of pressure um on your hashtag mom life for sure I think so definitely mm-hmm. definitely and I I'm I know this is a thing for women across all industries totally. because how do you get promoted? How do you, you know, you always have to be, it already takes so much just to compete and just to, but you know, so much of it is about being the person who's there and ready when the moment arises that they need a person just like you, you know? And so do you have a nanny? Yes. Now I do. Yes. There's an assumption (laughs) that uh, we all have nannies in LA that everybody, you know, and a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, but there's an assumption, but I think for a lot of like working actors and people who are just, you know, 
be- below the line, but also just trying to make it work or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when they have kids, there's an assumption we all have childcare in place and you know all that stuff, and that's the biggest challenge is yes. childcare. Yes. Well, particularly because, and I, it's still, I'm still figuring it out. Sure. My son is now 18 months old. Mm-hmm. He was five months old, and when that's I him made the in film. the movie, right? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That face, he's so cute. That well, big tooth, that big gummy grin. I should oh, say that I, I love it. As the uh, you know, as I was directing it, I mean, I you know, we shot it in our house. I wanted him to mm-hmm. be comfortable. Partially, that was also out of necessity, whatever. But you know, I got this very small, tight crew, and I was like, okay, we are. I you know, I give this big speech at the beginning. I'm like. Oh, and, and the crew was lean and, you know, we were, it was built to be easy for Julian. But I was like, all right, we're working with a baby. He's a tiny, adorable baby. So <laughs> if he, we set up for a thing and he's not in a place to do that thing, I, we're just going to set up for a different thing. I don't want to hear your lip. And then I brought him in and put him down. I was like, all right, everyone just chill out. Okay. Like, we're gonna, <laughs> and they're like, like okay, lady. Like, Again, we're just here and ready. We're, we're professionals. And, and so... <laughs> You know, I just was like, we're just going to try to make him make a bunch of faces. We'll put it all through this next batch of scenes. Let's see what happens. And of course, he's like, smile, laugh, haha, cry, pout. Mm? And I was Perfect. like, oh, we, oh, OK, uh, cut. And my DP was like, yep, uh, moving on. And so Julian totally showed me up the entire day uh, as an actor. He like got it in one take and then was like, off to play. And I was mom. like, cool. Um, so he was happy. But it, the, the thing about I mean, so like, yes, I used him on that day just also because I wanted so clearly to have the like real mom baby bond which yeah. now when I see movies all the time I'm like that's not, that's that's not, not your baby, baby. you never hold that baby that's that not way your baby. <laughs> like, you like, are, also I want to be like no, you would never hold, you would your, never own hold yeah. your own baby that way or like, a baby Sometimes or any baby people, yeah. I know now it's my biggest pet peeve but yeah. I've never noticed it before but it's, like the <clears> child <throat> care thing mm-hmm. um is so extra hard because mm-hmm. uh I mean you know some people have regular you know if you're a writer in a room or something Mm -hmm. you have a more regular schedule but my schedule is like you know I'm like can you help me watch my baby I can't tell you at all what those hours will be that I need that some days I'll be working 12 hours some days I'll be working no hours Mm -hmm. some days I'll get a meeting at three o'clock at 12 like you know and so it's so tricky to figure out yes and like that's been the the biggest challenge for me, even now, my daughter just turned six. So even now, mm. childcare is the biggest Still? challenge. Yes. Don't tell me that. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Um, you'd think we would have had it figured out by now. But we, but I also don't have a full-time nanny. I don't yeah. have somebody, um, even part-time, really. We just have a babysitter that I every once in a while call and go, hey, can you help us out? Yeah, yeah. Um, because for the most part, my... I feel guilty having a nanny because I don't have a full-time job. Sick. I don't have a nine to five, <sighs> yep. you know? And so it's like, mm-hmm. but I have stuff I have to do. I do have a part-time job and now I have motherhood in Hollywood as a business and yeah. it's like its own entity. Yes. Um, but I still feel guilty if I'm like hiring somebody to go and play with her in the other room when I just need to sit in here and get stuff done. Yeah. There's a, this is something my husband and I talk about all the time. I'm like, I feel terrible. This is it's like, well, I'm I'm her mom, and I'm supposed to be there for her. But he's like, but Heather, then you end up coming in here, and you get in a black hole of work, and then an hour later, she's just in there like, mom, and then I feel even worse. I know. There's so. this is the ongoing struggle yeah. in our household totally. too. And I right now my nanny is part time, and I also can't even imagine what it's like for women who have a regular full time job mm-hmm. and go from like zero on maternity leave to a hundred of being back and now you're totally back at work and you were right. just home 
that's a crazy transition. I can't even imagine. At, at least I could sort of build up over time. Like after the first yeah. three or four months, I was like, okay, maybe if someone just came for half of one day once a week and I just went a block away to a coffee shop to yes. write just to get out of the walls of this house and be able to yeah. focus that I would come back a little bit refreshed, you know, and then yeah. I built, I was like one day a week, two days a week. Now I, you know, have helped three days a week and I try to pack all of my work and meetings and days. stuff into those days. I think that's kind of what we're leaning towards too, like just still, three, two or three days. But of course, but then we have that discussion all the time where it's like, well, why don't we just have someone all the time to help out? And I, and I'm like, because if there's a day where I don't have that much going on, then it's like, what do you do? It doesn't feel justified to spend yeah. the money and even more so like, even on the days I have help, I feel guilty the whole time that I'm not with Julian. Absolutely. And then when I'm home with Julian, I'm like having a good time. But at a certain point in the day, I'm like, I'm not getting anything done that I need to get done. Yeah, and it, I it's get just it. like an unwinnable battle. Yes, yeah. it is. And I think ultimately, <clears throat> as long as our kids are happy and they're healthy and they're being, you know, well cared for. Yes. They're not going to grow up and be like, Mom, why were you in the office all the time? My daughter might, but <laughs> <laughs> Mom, why were you always working? Um, but like they, you know, they're not there. It really hit home for me when my my daughter was like, um, uh, she said something about, um, let's go visit Daddy at work one day. Daddy always goes to work every day, and I'm like, why well, work every day too? And she goes, No, you don't. You just you're always in your office. And I'm like, yeah, but that's mommy's work. That's where I work. And also right. I'm like, I take you to work with me because some of the events I go to and stuff right are now work. Right. But she doesn't really get that. But she was just like, you don't work. And I was like, oh, yeah, oh, I do. <laughs> you just don't see it. <laughs> the yeah. fruits of my labor. Exactly. Um, but there's this idea that daddy goes away and he's, mm-hmm. he's at work, but mommy's here. So she must not be working. Mm-hmm. Your job is just to take care of me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I feel really guilty if like somebody, um, was in there playing with her and I'm in here working but maybe not maybe she would just get it then like oh this is where mommy works I know maybe those times <clears throat> are are helpful so, yeah. I mean it does make me happy that now you know when when the nanny arrives or when even if mm-hmm. a friend comes over to babysit for three hours while I have to go to a meeting Julian's like all fired up he's like oh sweet now I'm playing with you can't yeah. wait and I'm like yeah. you know what this is They're better so because adaptable. at this point in the day yeah. I w- had probably already thought of all the things I would think of for yeah. us to do together and now yeah. there's like someone fresh to come in and be engaging I think as long as you feel really comfortable and solid with that person Mm -hmm. then you are being a good mom finding finding someone that your kid loves who loves your kid and is going to be engaging and totally entertaining you know like there's only so much gas in the tank and sometimes I'm like you know what in this particular hour you're better at this than I am. Like, yeah. you, you know, if you're hanging with Julian and making up all these amazing games and I'm like, I just need coffee. Like, yes. he's in, he, this is better for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's hard too for if you're <sighs> a parent of a single child. Um, we only have one child and we're one and done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you, um, you're basically their playmate right. for life. Yeah. You know, and like she wants to play with me or Chris, my husband, all the time. Right, right. And sometimes I just don't want to play shoots and ladders for three hours or or whatever (laughs) i'm like i don't you know she just learned how to play uno so she wants to play that all the time and i'm like cool 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 cool. we could do this for a little while but then like i want to go do other things and then um and that's okay like i have to let myself know that's okay i'm a grown-up and i don't necessarily want to play games all day right um it doesn't mean i don't love spending time with her and then times we do but she needs to be more engaged and more stimulated than what i can give her i'm not fully equipped 
to do that all the time. Right, right. Yeah, it's a tricky it's That's a tricky why I balance. think sometimes people have other kids so they can go, go play with each other. I've started hearing this recently because I'm like, go play with each other. sometimes I think, I don't know how people have two. It's so yeah. overwhelming logistically well, I've heard to just it's a have lot one. Easier. And then people are like, oh, no, it's great. Then they just, they just play, with, play each with each other. Because <laughs> the biggest issue besides childcare is that they're always like, mom, mom, yeah. they, you need, they need your attention. But when you can say, go play with your brother or sister, then you're like, oh built-in break built-in babysitter that's right yes um we use our children for uh to care for each other that's right (laughs) hashtag parenting um (laughs) i want to talk a little bit about so did you come to la um for acting or did you come here for directing or like what was your main goal when you first started i came out here for acting Mm -hmm. um you're very funny, by the way. Your oh, timing thanks. is great. <laughs> Thank you so much. Did you ever go to like Groundlings or UCB? I did improv? UCB. I did cool. UCB for a while. Um, I did all the levels. And then mm-hmm. at the point where it was like, do I join a team or not? I That's kind mm-hmm. of exactly also when I started producing my own content. So great. And I was like, I think that's my deep dive. Actually, I'm going to put all my energy there. Um, yeah. So I was, I was uh, in New York first right after college and then came out here um, Where are you from originally? I grew up uh, in southern New Hampshire, like oh, cool. maybe 35 minutes north of Boston. Beautiful. And uh, my was... husband's from the Boston area. He's from oh, yeah. He's from Bill Ricca. Oh little, yeah, totally. Tiny suburb. Uh-huh. Uh, well, he's he grew up there till he was like 12, and then he moved to Oklahoma. Oh, so. that's a shift. It is very yeah, big shift. <laughs> very big shift. Oh my gosh. <laughs> in terms of literally everything literally about how people behave. Everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so the, yeah, I went, went first to New York and was acting there and mostly doing theater and musical yeah. theater and stuff. And then realized I, you know, comedy was kind of what was bringing me the most joy. joy. And so I came out here mm-hmm. and was acting and just did a bunch of TV stuff and whatever for mm-hmm. a while. And then got to a point where I was like, the thing, you know, the stuff that really I find the funniest mm-hmm. is not always the auditions that I'm getting right like I would get I would get auditions I'd be like yeah I can make this funny Mm -hmm. but the kind of funny that I think is the funniest I don't see necessarily and so um uh, one of my best friends and I wrote this uh wrote this pilot and we were like this is hilarious and they were like wait we finished this pilot but we just remembered no one will read it or care (laughs) and so we decided to take it and (laughs) we're like Nailed it! Oh wait, amazing. Oh, no one knows who we are, and right. it doesn't matter. Um, this is like 2011 or 12, I think. Right. And so instead, we did an Indiegogo. We raised ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. We turned it into 10 10-minute episodes and produced it. So which, by the way, I don't recommend in retrospect. But we, a lot of people, really were kind and accepting sandwiches for yeah. their talents. Yeah. Um. But uh, at the end of that process, we uh, put together like a teaser of the of the series that we had mm-hmm. shot. And we just emailed it to everyone we knew. And we were like, this is a thing. If you know a person who wants a thing, yeah. maybe send this yeah. somewhere. And didn't think anything would come of it. And it got to a person and then another person. Mm. And eventually it sold to IFC as a show. What? Which we were like, I can't believe that worked. And so we developed it there. Ultimately, they didn't make anything from their slate. Yeah, so it got us repped as writer-performers now. And so then we sold a couple more projects, uh, digital projects and series and things. Um, But all along that time, I kept, you know, working on things Mm -hmm. and uh, getting encouraged by a lot of people around me to direct. And I had this block which I think also is a thing maybe a lot of women are conditioned to have which is like but I've trained as an actor and it even took me a really long time to own that I was a writer hold on go ahead oh nope I'm there I'm good okay (laughs) 
Sorry. I was like, wait, no. No, uh, yeah. Oop, all oop, good. You're good. All right. Um, but, you know, you're right. We are conditioned to sort of think that, oh, I'm just an actor. I can't and step outside this. And to assume that, like, we're not quite – I mean, that, I think there, there's a study out there even that that is, like, women need to feel like they are 98% qualified for a job to even apply for the job, and mm. men need to think they're about 62% qualified oh, sure. or whatever like, it is. I could do that. I forget what the set is, but they're like, yeah, I'll just figure out the other stuff. And yeah. then they're like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I need to be better. I need to, you know. I get that. It's so – hard and so for so long I was like well I didn't go to film school so I'm not a director mm-hmm. and everyone around me was like you talk in terms of pace and visuals and all of this stuff like you should really try this yeah. and so, so finally I feel that way too like I'm yeah. people have said before like you should direct because I'm really bossy yeah me too but also well, like, when they would say that to me I was like do I have too many thoughts as an actor on set I can I can take yeah it like am I like just telling you how to do your job basically <laughs> but there is that feeling of like oh I didn't go to film school I can't talk to people in terms of like camera shots or what dp right you right. know what I mean yep. like there's that feeling like I I I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And finally, with enough of a shove from certain amazing people in my life, uh, I started directing my own things. And the second I started, I was like, oh, this? Oh, yeah. No, I've got this. This You're is like, amazing. I, right? I was like, I loved it. And it really became clear instantaneously that whatever your training is in, your actual training is in storytelling. Sure. And so, yes, there are technical learning curves, but... You know, you know, you know from your gut if you've been an actor forever what that scene should feel like, or yeah. what you know as a writer or whatever. And so, you know, so I was sort of doing those on the side, but not considering the directing thing seriously. And then, uh, you know, once I got through that newborn phase and Julian was about three or four months old, I was like, all right, I only have so much bandwidth now and so instead of trying to be everything what are Mm -hmm. the parts of this that I really love and what are the parts that if I weeded them out I wouldn't be devastated and for me the first thing to go was commercial auditions oh my god me too Oh my god. I was god. like, Me if too. I never I was like, bye. If I never dropped my life to drive two hours across the city to Santa Monica. When when the casting call says, must have hilarious, super well trained improv actors, so funny. And I'm like, this will be fun. And then I get there and they're like, Would you take a sip of this water? And I'm yes. like, like in a funny way? Or do you <laughs> and they're like, No, no just be natural. No, actually less, please. Yeah. Listen. And I'm like, Why why am I here? And yes. so like I was like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Here we go. And then and then I realized that of all the things I was doing, the thing I was kind of the most excited by, I was like, I, I can never not be acting because that's like sort of my my Your home passion. base I get passion, that. right? I totally get that. Um, but the directing thing was so exciting to me. And so I, um, uh, the first thing I did actually before I made the film a couple of months later was apply to um, NBC last year, started this new mm-hmm. initiative called the Female Forward Initiative. So great. Which is amazing because basically what's happening now is every every show is on board to hire more women and then they were like oops hold on we've never let women have a chance before so there aren't enough you know experienced women to take these jobs and so there's a pipeline problem yeah and so the structure of this program they had I think like 1500 or something submissions but you know because women aren't interested in directing right never (laughs) and um and so they had like massive turnout of submissions and then they chose 10 of us and um paired us each with a show and the structure was you're on this show you shadow two episodes then you direct your own episode and it's just like getting more you know network episodic directors out there and I was I ended up getting into this program I was blown away because I submitted with like four weird shorts that I made mm-hmm. on my own dime, you know, 
in my neighborhood, but you know, they were specific and they were me. And yeah. I was like, okay, this is what I think is funny. And it totally worked out. Like some, many of the women in the program are amazing. And so it's just so tragic and horrible that they aren't 10 years into having had episodes at this point. Like, yeah. In terms of their experience. It's crazy. Did your, I saw that you um, directed Christopher Lloyd. I did. And you, we should tell everybody. So you did um, an episode of AP bio. Yes. Yeah. So I got paired with AP bio. Amazing. It was a dream. Did you ever think that two years ago when you were pregnant that two years later that you would be directing an NBC episode of AP bio. I say that all the time. Like, it's so funny because so like, crazy. I feel like that, that December for me was the like, all right, Katie, what kind of life do you have now? Mm. Like, you know, like you're like loving this newborn, but you're also like, like just like torture level sleep yeah. deprived. And you're like, I don't understand <clears throat> how to have a life at all. Mm-hmm. And it went from that to have it all had this like, blow up festival run and all these awards and has done gone so far and the NBC program happened and then all of a sudden I'm on set with you know Patton Oswalt and Paula Pell who's the funniest human she's and so just, funny oh my god I'm obsessed with her yeah she's yeah. so funny the rule on that set is generally like do whatever you're gonna do and then know that Paula Pell will beat your joke and as long as you're okay with those two things like you're good to go <laughs> oh my god that's so great um, yeah yeah it was like a dream coach I never would have expected but I think there was something in the just the like the focusing on like this is the thing I want and I'm just gonna put it out there and I, like I didn't think any either of them would amount to anything but I just was like if I don't do this I won't like I have to I, I just have to You'll force always myself wonder. to do the thing yeah right because if, if I don't send out the application like I'll never get in but yeah. at least I'm like putting you're putting energy there. into yeah. the world in that direction and then has the episode already aired it just aired that's yeah. what i thought this past okay. thursday so now you can find it on hulu oh my god um, my episode's called called melvin um and yeah I, during our prep week we found out on like the last thing of friday before i was leaving and coming in to shoot monday um they're like okay great have a nice weekend we'll see you to shoot on monday by the way we just locked christopher lloyd and i was like what <laughs> oh my god um and it was so much fun he was lovely and a total pro and such a riot and so great like what (laughs) what was the most eye-opening process for you um in terms of when you were directing that episode what were you the most surprised by because I I feel like as actors we get a lot of tunnel vision sometimes Mm -hmm, we're mm -hmm. we're so focused on our headshots our auditions our class or our improv comedy um (laughs) we you know like that's what we do we yeah you know and you don't think oh there's a producer behind this there's a writer behind this there's a whole team of people behind the one or two lines that you're going into audition for right 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 exactly so what was like the most eye-opening for you I mean I think well it was sort of a three-step thing because I had already made so much of my own independent content Mm -hmm. at that point that I had gotten over that hump that was the first thing which was like oh it doesn't have anything to do with me, right? Like the reasons right. that you get a job are je- like you, my my acting teacher used to say, like you you know, anytime you just have a good audition, it's money in the bank. Yeah. You're gonna cash it out later. You don't know when, right. but like the whoever gets chosen is for a reason that has nothing to do with whether you were talented on that day right. or not, right? So all you're doing is just trying to be like, just get a new person who's like, I remember her. She was good, yeah. right? And that's the best you can go for, right? right. And, and yeah, and like just knowing what, and, but there's something also about making your own stuff where you have to do all the jobs. So you get an appreciation for 
all of the parts of what it takes mm-hmm. to pull something like that off. And and for me, it was like that was the transition that I felt like finally the most empowered as an actor because mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I have this audition today, but whether I get it or not, I'm shooting something this weekend that I'm excited about. And yes. so I don't have to like, I'm not waiting for someone else to tell me I get to be an artist this See, week. I love that. It was so, I mean, that changed everything. And it wasn't because I like had some great desire to be mm-hmm. a writer or a director. I was just like, I don't want to wait around all the time for yeah. a chance to do what you drink a do. glass of water, you know? Yeah. And so, so that was already huge. So then transitioning from that to like this network episode, mm-hmm. You know, I went in with all these nerves, and then I feel like actually the learning curve was not about skills, which was right. the surprise to me. I was like, oh, I already know everything that I need to do this job. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really just the learning curve is me deciding I deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. Like from Monday to Friday of how worried I was about being collaborative and how worried I was that people would think I seemed green or whatever. And then everyone was like, dude, you're crushing it. Like, you don't have to worry. I mean, you know, and so by Friday, I was like, oh, in that case, do this, do this, do that, you know. But like, it's so, it was such a fun thing. But to, how interesting to yeah. hear like something that men do all the time. They don't take it for granted. They don't, yeah. they, I mean, they don't, or they take it for granted maybe, I don't know. But they don't question for a second like, oh, obviously I can do this. I'm meant to do this. I can tell people what to do. You go there, you stand here, whatever. Yeah. But as women, we're like, ooh, am I allowed to do this? Am I okay to do this? And it's um, it's very fascinating mindset that we've all sort of been in. Because, you know, guys don't bat an eye at doing stuff like that. At nope. Nope. And a lot of them... There's a, there's a, there's a broad spectrum of, mm-hmm. of how much you can do how much work you can put in mm-hmm. to directing a TV episode and still an episode happens. Yeah. Um and there there's a lot of people all across that spectrum. Yes. Yeah. You know, and how I were the guys on set? Like what how was what was the feeling awesome. like on set? Nobody gave you pushback. That Nobody gave best, you attitude. No, gosh. The best part about it was that everyone was just like championing mm-hmm. me. You know, they knew it was my first time out, right. but they also I think I came in ready to play like Mm -hmm. I was so prepared I had all these ideas and everyone there was just the kindest the most supportive but they also they you know were they were like cheering for me and also treated me like it was my 100th episode of tv you know and so it didn't feel at all like you know like like oh okay let's let this little I know look at this new thing how cute she's trying to direct it wasn't like that at all um (laughs) and then I want to know what has happened since have you reached out to NBC to direct anything else yeah so I mean uh NBC but anybody yeah 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 so I've um you know joined the DGA after that I shot the episode right before the holidays so in this new year I joined the DGA I got new agents and now I'm just meeting everyone in town and NBC and Broadway video have already said like, yes, we're going to have you, you know, we're going to put you back for back up for a bunch of shows. And, and I have a couple of my own projects that are cooking now and stuff, but yeah, the episode just aired Thursday night. So now I'm like, now I can finally say to people, watch this. (laughs) This is my thing. This is what I did. Yeah. yeah, 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 I love this so much. Like everything you said, this is why I started motherhood in Hollywood because I, I got tired of waiting for Hollywood to come to me. I got tired of the grind of the acting of the driving to Santa Monica all the time for two lines or whatever. 
um, hoping to get a two-line part on some random show that had been on for seven seasons. Right. And they're like, oh, I guess we'll see Heather Brooker now. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, get, I just got tired of that. And I was like, I need to create something that is my own space and my own world where I can meet other moms mm-hmm. who are in the same situation and have similar feelings as me. Because it starts to, it can feel very isolating. You can start to feel like, am I by myself? Is anybody else going through this frustration of crazy hours, weird childcare situations? And you love your kid, but you still have guilt because you want to follow your dreams. And so like everything you're saying totally resonates with me. And I love that you just were like, F it. I'm going to go and create my own content and just make my own path. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, none of it was intentional but it just came from that right. like you know and, and and I think it, it's important to keep in mind that part of being a good mom is is being happy right yeah. and like being all of yourself sure and so when you're getting to the places where you're like I have lost myself mm-hmm. or I'm I feel like I'm not like what am I now you yeah. know like that there is something that you're doing for your child to find that again mm-hmm. and get yourself excited about things and and all of that stuff and that I, I, the thing you said about isolation, like that's everything mm-hmm. about it for me because the best part of have it all for me was that when I made that, I was it was you know the beginning is so isolating. You just yeah. sit in it. You're like <clears throat> the world is happening, and I live in this rocking chair. Yes, and like I remember, <laughs> I will never hours. see an adult again. And we, you're just like, what is going we on? We got rid of our rocking chair just recently, like a few months ago, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, so many hours like in yes, that chair, rocking and nursing and life. reading. And, and yeah. so when I wrote the script yeah. and then shot that movie, I was like, oh, I don't know what other moms do. Like, I'm just writing what I do with my baby, but I don't know if that's insane or weird or normal or what. And then the very first, it it got, it was a finalist for that HBO festival. It was Mm -hmm. the first place that um, the film played. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know what anyone's going to think. And then the screening ended and practically every woman in the audience came up to me after to be like, this is my life. Yeah. Right. Like this is, thank you so much for making mm-hmm. my life. I feel so seen. And I was like, wait, no, I feel so seen. Oh right. my God. You're seen. <laughs> but it was, like, seen. it was crazy though, because I was like, I was I like, it. Oh, everyone is dealing yeah. with this, but these are the parts of motherhood. Mm-hmm. Like you can take as many classes on how to change a diaper right. as you want. Right. But this is the part of motherhood that is the biggest, hardest transition that yeah. nobody discusses. Cause yeah. it's kind of scary to talk about it. And like that's one of the most important things and I think you know on screen the sort of comedy tropes for moms usually are either like your child is a hellion and you have spaghetti sauce on your face yes. and you're like ah or or you kind of are like the drunk funny mom who hates her life and like yes. is like oh where's my kid I don't even know right? I don't even care yeah. I'm a cool and it's mom like, it's, fun. <laughs> it's funny it, like I can laugh at both of those people right. but I'm Neither, Neither of, those of those is what mom is. Thank you for saying like that. I, it drives me bonkers when the only moms I see represented are the moms that are just so harried. Everything is crazy. There's things yeah. flying. They can't seem to get their shit together or get out the door or whatever. And um, and by that, I mean, like, they're stumbling all over things and can't find whatever, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's a harried kind of a situation when you have a newborn and you are, like in your film, like you're trying to get things together. It doesn't necessarily mean you don't have it together. That's Well, that was the biggest thing you for know? me was like, what was important there's for me in that film, yeah, yeah, is just that, like, there's enough comedy in the Sisyphean task of <clears throat> getting out yes. the door to do anything. Yes. But, like, in the film, I was like, here's what's important. And, uh, like, the baby is being a perfect baby perfect in every way. Baby. He's yeah. being a great baby. It's yeah. just that 
they're t- he's just doing baby things. Yes. Yeah. And like, and I was like, it's very important. Like, we can't ever see him cry on screen. That gives people anxiety to watch. And it's not about that. He's right. not being bad, right. right? And the guys are legitimately trying to be so supportive and helpful, yes. and I love them for that. Yes. They just don't. So you get didn't it. want them to be douchey. So none you know? of them are the enemy. The yes. enemy is the expectation that yes. anyone should be able to do all of these things and arrive, you know, completely with Quaffed their breath and caught and go. their blowout yes. in place. Yes. <laughs> like, totally. It's just co- impossible. You and know? I think that comes across. That's, yeah, that's thank totally you. what thank I got. You. That yeah. totally came across yeah. because for me, it is frustrating when I see that. Um, see so many shows and so many movies that open up with a mom who is just a hot mess and she just cannot get it together and then or there's the mom that's like get it yourself you know like right right um the mom at american housewives who is like um doesn't care i'm a sassy mom you know and i'm just like can we can there be some middle grounds right but then maybe the middle ground you know isn't as interesting well or it's, it's exciting not sexy or, yeah. like so after that not screening, as full of drama yeah after mm-hmm. that screening and and then it was online and i started getting some response to the film mm-hmm. um my composer actually was the one who was like is this this is crazy how many women are commenting on that is there nothing like this no. out there and i was like you know what weirdly Mm-mm. no Mm-mm. like it's because it's not sexy to just be not trying sexy. to just be a mom live yeah live your life <laughs> live your life yeah. i'm just like i have it together i'm a very organized mom like i've never had that moment where i'm like i can't get out the door yeah. you know what yeah. i mean yeah. I, or i'm throwing it's my like, lunch at my kid as she's getting no. on the butt like i've never had that moment um but that doesn't mean there hasn't been moments that are stressful. Yeah, well, it still requires military precision sure. to pull off anything that you're doing sure. ever. And yeah. then that all happens behind closed doors. So no one ever appreciates. Yeah. I mean, the amount of unseen work that yeah. moms do is. Oh, so true. <laughs> I love it, though. No, I love it. So I want everybody to um, watch. Can they watch it on Hulu? Uh, it is on Hulu. Yeah. Okay. If you So it's on Hulu as part of the NBC Short Film Festival. Okay. Um, and so you can you can. Do they just it search there. Have It All? I believe so or they sure should believe, they search your name or um you can search my name katie lock o'brien you can search have it all um or if you put nbc short film festival i think the group of films comes up as well yeah but so we don't care about the other we films, don't care katie. that's true Just don't search. watch them they're only about other very important social issues but, <laughs> but mine is most important <laughs> to this uh, podcast to this for podcast. sure yes. um uh, well, i love that we'll tell everybody too where they can follow you on social media oh please yeah um instagram is the best at katie lock o'brien l-o-c-k-e O-B-R-I-E-N. Yeah. Oh, it's helpful probably. You're like a spell um, <laughs> And then, uh, and then uh, on Twitter, I'm, uh, this is KDO. Okay. And uh, what else? KatieLockObrien.com is my website. And then, yeah, on Vimeo, also a bunch of my other work is there. And watch too. AP Bio. And watch, watch her episode Watch Melvin. season two, episode six of AP Bio, Yay. Melvin. And then uh, tweet about how much you loved the direction of I'm gonna it. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to do that today. Um, this has been great. Thank you so, Thank much. You so much. I'm for so me. glad you created something. I love that this exists. I lo- yeah. like. I'm so glad that you do this podcast. Yay! So thank wonderful. you. Yeah. Okay, everybody. So I'm gonna put up info uh, about what Katie and I just talked about here, as well as links where you can follow her up on motherhoodinhollywood.com. That's gonna do it for me. You guys have a wonderful week, and remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. Balls.